everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Smoothie King Center was a rockin', and the Pelicans gave their home fans something to actually cheer about as they won their first play-in tournament game last night in New Orleans. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parch III. Almost here. Holiday weekend's almost here. I know you can feel it. You can sense it. You're getting excited about the weekend. Seeing your family. Doing Easter egg hunts. Pocking eggs. Woo! It's almost here. Some of you will have multiple Easter celebrations. Like yours truly. We have... Easter egg hunt and Easter dinner with my mom on Saturday. And then we'll take some food to my wife's mother at the nursing home on Saturday as well. So we'll knock out those family members on Saturday with Easter celebrations. Then on Sunday, we'll go to my brother-in-law's house in Brobridge and we'll have another Easter egg hunt with the kids. That's also people's birthdays from like a week ago and like next week. So it's going to be a combination Easter celebration slash crawfish bowl slash birthday. Porte. So. And probably squeezing a couple trips to church too. So my, my calendar's full. <laughs> and many of you are that way. Some of you are going to be more like uh, producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names, who told her family, uh, no, thank you. I'm not seeing you on Easter Sunday. Good morning, Hannah. How are you? I am uh, fantastic. Um, see, my drives aren't like 45 minutes to maybe 30 minutes of drive. Mine's a two and a half hour drive. Uh-huh. And doing that. Five hours in one day of driving is mm-hmm. not my forte. I don't like that's not. It's not in your bag. Fan. No, you don't love it. I, I hate driving. Why actually. not? Why not? <laughs> Hear me out. Me and Baton Rouge, we tried. We usually try to do that, but yes, they have other family. They also like to see. They want me to come all the way down to see everybody in the family. What about? What about? Hear me out. What about you just go down on Saturday and celebrate Easter a little early? See the family. Because it is technically going to be Easter weekend. 
So even though it's not Easter Sunday, because obviously the five-hour drive down back and forth is a lot, why not drive down Saturday, spend the night, then drive back Sunday? That way you see your family on the holiday, and you don't have to do the five hours in one day. Did I just change your world? Did I just change your holiday weekend plans? Possibly. Do I have way too much energy this morning for you? Yes, you do. Already. I can already tell. I'm already too extra for her. (laughs) Yeah, social media initiatives. And other people coming to play. And I'm like, oh, okay. We got something cooking with Steve Wiley. What's up? Got all the stuff going today. Ooh. Wow. Yes. No. You are so low energy this morning already. (laughs) I can tell. I can always tell when I roll into... The game studios in here in lovely Upper Lafayette, or Karen Crow, however you want to describe it. <laughs> call us. And the lights are off. I always know <laughs> it's going to be a low energy morning for Man of Five News. <laughs> I just need to eat my apple. I should be okay. But I also didn't feel like getting up yet. Turn on the light, and the light hates me. It likes to shock me every morning. So the yeah. light hates her. She it says. It does. I, I'm telling you. You're telling me. It doesn't hurt. What you telling me? That the lights not like me. <laughs> the lights don't like me. <laughs> Only in here. The, your side of the studio, it's fine. Mm-hmm. My side, it, no, it hates me. It wants to shock me every time from the lights on. Is that because you may have too much of a electric personality? <laughs> I'm going back home. <laughs> And we've hit the 608 mark of the show, and she's already said, can I leave now? Can I leave now? Can I go ahead and check out? Would that be great? Yeah. Oh, we do have a great show lined up for you today. Hopefully, producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names will be able to push through. I can. I'll I'll get to do it. The intern extraordinaire Becca will be here as well. She will. There we go. There we go. So Pop up. What's up? There we go. We do have a great show lined up for you, though. We're going to be talking Arkansas Razorback baseball. That's right. Big series for LSU as they go on the road to Fayetteville to take on the SEC West leading Razorbacks. It's going to be a big series to determine who's going to win the West. And to give us a preview of what the Tigers are going to be facing this holiday weekend. And, of course, you can listen to tonight's game right here on the game, as you can Friday and Saturday's game as well, because we're your home for LSU sports. But we're going to be talking with Christina Long, Arkansas Razorback beat reporter. She'll be joining us later on today's show to break all that down. We'll talk Saints, the latest with them. What are they doing in free agency? What about the draft? It's right around the corner. And New Orleans Pelicans winning their first play-in tournament game with Les East from Crescent City Sports. He'll join us today. And then Trevor Beggy, former STM Cougar and McNeese star wide receiver. He was a grad transfer. He went to Incarnate Word, had the best season of his career, helped them win 10-plus games and the Southland Conference Championship. He's trying to get his foot in the door, either in the NFL or the CFL, He's going to be joining us as well today. So we got three great guests lined up for you. Of course, the hotline is always open. 
337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. We've had some good phone calls so far this week. Do we have our game changer of the week yet? That could be debatable. Want to get those phone calls in? Give us a holler. You know the hotline, and you know you got to be nice to the lady on the other end of the phone. That does not mean flirting with her. That does not mean kissing up to her. Just means treating her with respect, fellas. That's all it is. That's all you got to do. You want to get on the phones? You want to get on the air here on RP3 and Company? Just pay respect to the lady. That's all. That's all you got to do. Pay the lady some respect. You'll get on. Right? They don't have to flirt with you. No. They don't have to call you baby or anything like that. All right? Be none of that. None of that's needed. Just roll with it. Miss five names. Ooh, we should start having that be the thing. Miss five names. When Mr. you call Green the hotline. Says that all the time. Mr. Green does say that. Miss five names. I'd like to speak to RP3 about this. Maybe that should be standard operating procedure. For the hotline. Boom. A little respect. Put a little respect on that name. You know who put respect on their name? Who? The New Orleans Pelicans. Did they? They did. How so? Because they roughed up the San Antonio Spurs last night in the play-in tournament. They're at the Smoothie King Center. Sold out. Mm-hmm. And New Orleans fans... And in particular, New Orleans basketball fans are intriguing. Why? Be- because they're very fair weather. The team doesn't draw. It, it, tip- it traditionally never draws very well. But now for a play-in game, they got all excited and sold out, which is great. I'm not knocking that. It's just weird. It's just weird. It's just weird. New Orleans is kind of unique. Or they sold out. Yeah, that they drew attention yesterday. Not that they sold out yesterday. I expected that. I kept hearing rumblings from people that I trust in New Orleans. Like, look, it's going to be a sellout. And the way their attendance started, kind of drifting towards towards the end of the season, when it looked like New Orleans was going to be in the playing tournament for their home games, you started seeing attendance numbers grow, which was great. Which is great. I just don't understand why they don't draw better is is always been the curious thing for me. I remember a few years ago, this is pre-Zion, Rod Walker, the advocate, did a great column about the attendance woes. And I think that season they actually went to the playoffs. And he was able to buy tickets and sit in an area in the Smoothie King Center where he wasn't surrounded by anyone. So even when they do well, they don't draw very well, Right. And the the knock from the national media is, is that New Orleans isn't a basketball town. So then the diehard hoop heads in the Crescent City get all uh, offended by that. And they're like, well, look at us. Oh, we sold out. Let's show the national media. And it's like, both things can be right. That's what curious is me. They love basketball. They do. There's a lot of people that love basketball. The Pelicans just don't draw consistently like they should. Like they should. And especially when you have, you know, in the past 15 years, they've had top 10, top 15 players playing for that franchise. 
from Chris Paul to Anthony Davis to, you know, Zion, they still don't draw very well. So you think it's the players that is what's not drawing it? Or it's because of the location is why they aren't being drawn to that spot? It's a Saints town, first and foremost. Yeah. Right? And it's a, the Saints dominate New Orleans. Especially post-Katrina, they dominate New Orleans. I mean, and that's the other thing about watching sports in New Orleans. You know, we think now, oh, the Saints, they, you know, they sell out every year and it's great. You realize the Saints didn't have their first sellout season until after Katrina? Season ticket sellouts did not start occurring for the New Orleans Saints until 2006, the year after Katrina. Devastated and forced them to be vagabonds and destroyed the Superdome. So we're talking decades of the team being there and having great teams and great players, and it didn't sell out. New Orleans is a kind of a weird sports city in that regard where it took the Saints decades to get to the point and a massive hurricane that destroyed New Orleans for them to start selling season tickets and having those sold out. And they've done it every year since. So, you know, is it going to take a while? Like, I, It's just a weird environment. It's a great city to hold sporting events, Final Fours, Super Bowls, National Championships, bowl games. You talk to any media person. You talk to any fan. Hell, you talk to players. They all say, we just want to come to New Orleans. It, and it's a great party town, and it's a, great, it's a big tourist town. But for, like, you know, normal sporting events for their teams, don't forget New Orleans had an NBA franchise many years ago. It was called the New Orleans Jazz, and they moved to Utah. So I liked the fact that they sold out last night. I'm hoping, not as because I'm not a Pelicans fan, but just hoping as someone who lives in Louisiana is a resident here, makes my living here, I really want to see this groundswell of support kind of continue moving forward, right? Kind of continue moving forward. That would be a big boost. It just would be. It would be a big boost, and it would be great to have that for the state, just for the state. And I'm not saying, look, a random Tuesday against the Sacramento Kings isn't going to move the needle. I get it. I get it. But, man, you could start having that crowd and that enthusiasm and that electricity that was inside the Smoothie King Center last night. That'd be great to have for the franchise moving forward. Last night, the best move of David Griffin that David Griffin has made since being the man in charge of the Pelicans, and he's made a ton of bad moves, really bad moves. Trading for C.J. McCollum at the trade deadline has paid off huge for this team it's changed the dynamics of this team he provides leadership and and, and we talked about it with Ali Cassell earlier this week you know they have yeah this group's never been to the playoffs together and they have guys like B.I. that have never been in the postseason a lot of these guys these young players that they have have never played in a play-in game or a playoff game period in their careers but C.J. McCollum has and you saw that kind of the steadying veteran presence of, guys, I've been here. I've done this. I understand how to conduct ourselves. 
And when you have a vet like that, that's also not only a veteran, because you can have veterans that ride the pine and they don't help you in this regard, but a veteran that is a calming influence on you and on the team that can also go out there and get you buckets is key. And the Pelicans have that, and they have that in McCollum. Last night scored 27 of his 32 points in the first half. He set the tone from jump. I mean, he had that three-pointer where they just came down and he just hit it like two feet behind the line. Boom. The whole, the whole, the whole crowd where you're watching it, whole crowd just went nuts. McCullum set the tone early, 27 to 32 points in the first half. Brandon Ingram added 27 points as the Pelicans defeat the San Antonio Spurs, 113 to 103 in the play-in game. And now the Pelicans will have the opportunity to earn a spot as the eight seed in the Western Conference playoffs. This is how the play-in tournament works. I know we're not that familiar with it because, well, the Pelicans haven't been in it the last couple of years. So now they'll play the Clippers in L.A. on Friday. The winner of Friday's game punches their ticket to the actual playoffs as the eight seed. Their reward will be playing the Phoenix Suns, but we'll die. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. The best team in the NBA right now. But handled the Spurs. Spurs are eliminated in the first play-in game for the back-to-back seasons. Sure does feel like it's towards the end of Pop's career. But the Pelicans were the Pelicans and not the Pelicants last night. They get the win. Now they travel to L.A. to take on the Clippers. Winner of the game earns the eighth seed in the Western Conference playoffs. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company with the enthusiastic, big, bald, and beautiful one. And the even-keeled producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 is known across Acadiana as a master of the English language. You look at all the guys that they got. Clinton Oof, and I don't know how to pronounce this young man's name. TJ Falola. More like a master of broken English, that is. They also added an inside linebacker, Casey Wasawi. These names are killing me, man. I even practiced last night. Me fail English? That's impossible. Now back to that silky smooth delivery of RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Oh, the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your free tickets. Text the word Angola to 68683. That's Angola to 68683. The Angola Prison Rodeo returns April 23rd and the 24th, and you can see all the excitement. Bull riding, wild horse racing, convict poker, and so much more. Text Angola to 68683. That's Angola to 68683 to watch the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Pelicans, they are in. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. They move on to the second play-in game. They easily take care of the San Antonio Spurs last night. 113-103, to C.J. McCollum. Scores 32, B.I. adds 27, and now they take on the Los Angeles Clippers and Paul George inside whatever they are calling the Staples Centers these days. On Friday, winner of that game earns the number eight seed in the Western Conference playoffs. But that wasn't the only NBA action last night. Over in the East, the Atlanta Hawks took on the Charlotte Hornets. And Atlanta, led by Trey Young's 24 points, decided, hey, Charlotte, hey, Michael Jordan, who owns and runs the team, hey, guess what? Um, We're going to crush your face. And it's not even going to be close. By the way, since Michael Jordan took over ownership or control or whatever his exact title is, with the Charlotte organization, they have yet to win a playoff game. Because last night, they lost 132-103. to That's a woof. Woof. 132-103. to Once again, Trey Young dropped 24. So the Hawks advance now. And Atlanta will face Cleveland on Friday in the other game to determine the eighth seed for the Eastern Conference playoffs. So Atlanta taking on Cleveland will be your other play-in tournament game on Friday. So we'll know what the actual playoff picture is when we're back on the air Monday. We'll be on the air tomorrow as well. We're going to be here for you on Good Friday, just to let you know. Just to let you know. That's what we do. That's what we do. We're here for you. Come rain, shine, sleet, or snow. We're like the Postal Service when it comes to sports talk. Right? No? How are we doing over there, five names? I'm not sure we're the Postal Service. Um, but whatever you want to say we are, that's fine. What do you mean? What do you mean, five names? Never heard that? You didn't know that was like the mantra of the United States Postal Service? No. How? I didn't know that. Look, can, can we just clear the air? That you're old and I'm young? I got that. No. that <laughs> Well, that's, that that's that's <laughs> obviously, <laughs> that's just so obvious in so many different ways. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, can, can we just go ahead and just clear the air? And ex- <sighs> you can explain yourself for what's really going on? You want to talk about how that trip no. to uh, Chicago uh-uh. is working out for your Seattle Mariners? No, I'm good. Against the fighting Jim Gozolos? I'm good. 
I'm PG Keen here. No, it's not. It's not been a good trip <laughs> to to Chicago, has it? No. <laughs> That's why poor, I decided not to talk against Gazzola. For poor five days. But oh. I mean, like, I've told myself about five million times, and my team's not great. I know they aren't the best. Mm. But I'm still gonna root for them. I'm gonna hope they win. You hope they win. I let do. me look. Let, let me look. See how you did. You started off at uh, Minnesota. You took two. Uh, you took the first two games of the season mm-hmm. for your Seattle Mariners. By the way, lovely teal uniforms. So they win two close games by one run each. You're thinking, hey, this team's got got grit. It's got grit. They know how to win close, tough games. And then and then there was the 10-4 loss and then the 4-0 loss. So you split the opening series against the Twinkies. And then you lost 3-2 to two to Chicago White Sox. I do believe they play at Cellular Field, what used to be New Kaminsky. I remember old Kaminsky. I'm dating myself. And then they lost yesterday 6-4. to four. Yeah. Four-game losing skid for your Mariners. Let me ask you this. What? If we decide, because I was going to reach out to our friend, the great Gozolo, today to see if we could maybe book him for tomorrow to talk a little McNeese, okay? Because we know we love him. We love having him on the air. Mm -hmm. Is that going to be weird? Are things going to be awkward, especially since his White Sox are, you know, Giving your Mariners the business is that gonna is that gonna cause some type of awkwardness between the great Gazzolo and you? Um, I don't think it will because when I tried to talk about maybe having some smack talk with Gazzolo on Monday, he didn't seem really into it. So I don't think it'd be awkward. You know why? Why? Because Jim's a professional. He's a professional. He's a, he, you know he's a pro. He's the pros pro. He's the pros pro. And look, he knows that you are young in your fandom. So will he give you a little hell? Sure. Is he he going to talk down to you? Is he going to try to rile you up? Is he going to try to make you feel bad? No. No. Because that's not the type of guy the great Gozolo is. Right. He also thought I was joking when I said I was actually my fandom was towards the Mariners that I was joking. (laughs) Because he was thinking, who in the hell would... Decide to go be a Mariners fan. Unless you were like in the 90s. Because then that would make sense because of obviously King Griffey Jr. Who was just yeah. phenomenal. The prettiest swing I've ever seen. Yeah, because I, I asked him for smack talking. He said, if you need me. And then I said, like, no, and I'm a show. I just mean like in general. <laughs> if you need me. We'll begin talking smack. And he, he said, <laughs> Mariners are nobody's team. It's early in the year. But does Alex Rodriguez still play there? Oh, Just wondering. Last wow. time they mattered. He did. Wow, Lou Pinella was their skipper the last time they mattered. I said, no, well, they, it's the they, J-Rod show now. They they had some pretty good seasons of underperformance in the postseason with uh, Suzuki. So, but yeah, when they were really yeah. rocking and rolling, A-Rod, King Griffey Jr., yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Randy Johnson. Yeah. So I thought he thought I was kidding, and I said, no, no, I was kidding. No, mm-mm. no. The Mariners won over 100 games one year and still didn't make it to the World Series. Yeah. Poor, poor Seattle. Poor Seattle. It's we got, fun. You got young talent. Yeah. Believe in your team. I am believing in my team. Don't you give up. Don't worry. Maybe Phil better. He said you said you said you told him that I did a good job on my video recap report last week. So That is correct. It made me feel better that way. That is correct.
Mariners, White Sox wrap up that series, I do believe, today. Yes. Is that afternoon baseball today for you? Yes. Oh, there we go. Someone's going to be excited or stressed out this afternoon. So... Yeah, tomorrow. You have to be at foot tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You have to deal with going up against the great Gazzolo's team during the middle of the week, and then it's footsie for the weekend. Yep. Not and a great week for you. No, and his Astros <laughs> lost last night. Oh, so. and all, and when they're coming off a loss, that's not good for you. Right. I was really hoping for a, a triple on this glorious morning thing. It's not happening today. <laughs> right now, it's actually two weeks from the, the NFL draft, by the way, because anybody's wondering, because yesterday was 15 days. 15 days is a long time. I need to hurry up now. Oh, we got to take a time out. Hey, keep your head up. It's a long season. 162-game season, five names. Still got time to turn it around. We do. We got this. I believe in us. It'll start today. It'll start today Boom. against the fighting great Gazzolos. <laughs> yes. Everyone's the fighting blank. The fighting Jamie Greens. The fighting great Gazzolos. We got to take a time out. <laughs> oh, the fighting... Hannah Five Names is 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 is, is. <laughs> and the fighting RP3s will be back. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 is known for being a well-tempered and thoughtful sports journalist. The incompetence, the absolute abundance of arrogance from Rob Manford makes me want to punch him in his throat. Okay, well, we all have our bad days. I'm not kidding. If he was right here in the studio, I would walk up to him and throw him a punch. Well, let's all hope he took his meds today. Back to hopefully a calm and collected RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Southwest Louisiana's Louisiana's sports Sports station. station. Oh, the NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code 1037GAME at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, Eligibility restrictions do apply. Availability does vary by parish. So see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Let's talk a little bit about our poll question of the day. We haven't mentioned it because we've been talking NBA play-in tournament and the enthusiasm of Hannah Five Names for her sports team. 
the Seattle Mariners, who are on a four-game losing streak. They're going to turn it around today. Going to take down the great Gazzolos. Shout out to the Southsiders. Poll question of the day. Which team is most likely to sweep their series this Easter weekend? LSU at Arkansas. That begins tonight. Razorbacks lead the SEC West, but not by a lot, and they just lost a series over the weekend. Can LSU, who just swept the defending national champs, Mississippi State, go into Fayetteville and do the same there? What about the Raging Cajuns? They're taking on ULM. Those Warhawks, can they sweep them? Thursday, Friday, Saturday series at the Teague. What about the McNeese Cowboys? Incarnate Word is on the docket for them. They just got swept by UNO. Can Justin Hill's team bounce back and get a sweep? Or is it the Houston Astros continuing their never-ending road trip to start the season as they take on Hannah Five Names Seattle Mariners who are currently on a four-game losing skid? That's our poll question of the day. Which team is most likely to sweep their series this Easter weekend? Tigers, Cajuns, Cowboys, or Astros? Right now, leading the vote with 58% are the Raging Cajuns. 25% say the Tigers. 17% say the Astros. No votes yet for the McNeese Cowboys. Ton on Twitter has chimed in. Ain't no way Pig Suey is losing a game against LSU, let alone the series. Strohs can't sweep to save their lives, and the cowpokes are, eh. Give me the Cajuns here. It's ULM. You know, the punching bag of collegiate sports where coaches go for their careers to die. (laughs) Ton's not wrong, by the way. (laughs) Ton is not wrong with that comment. Not at all. Not at all. Not wrong at all. You'd like to chime in? Yes, I have a bunch of comments on my Facebook post. Oh, on the book of face says five names. So, yeah, my my best friend, Mr. Martin, says, sorry, five names, but your Mariners are getting swept by the Astros, but we got football this weekend with the return of the USFL. Woohoo, get excited, LOL. Breakers, let's go! (laughs) When do the Breakers play, do you know? No, but I'm ready! (laughs) Good job. I'm ready to cheer <laughs> on the breakers. Uh, Mr. Green says, I see the delusional Tiger fans are up early this morning. Anyway, McNeese has the best shot at a sweep. Hogs are ranked. LSU stinks against ranked teams. Sorry, delusional Tigers fans. ULM tends to suck against everybody but the Cajuns. Astros, too early in the year for a sweep. And Miss Cinco, no brace team. <laughs> Looks decent this year with Jude Miller coming back to make sure he's there for the delusional Tiger fans, as Mr. Green says. says, go Tigers. And also says, Tiger's going to have the brooms out while feasting on some pork chops come Saturday. Go Tigers. And Aaron just says, Dodgers. <laughs> Forget the rest of the answers. Dodgers. <laughs> oh, man. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. I want to talk about the Dodgers because something absolutely stupid Stupid, stupid, stupid happened last night. I don't like the Los Angeles Dodgers. I've made that pretty abundantly clear if you've been listening to this show now for three years. By the way, we've been on for for 
three years and some change now. Are Unbelievable. You, are you sure you don't like the Dodgers? I was wondering. I don't like the Dodgers from back in the day when they were in the same division with my Atlanta Braves. I don't care for them, even though I respect the hell out of their jerseys. Those white jerseys are so good. They're so good. They are. And I respect their history, and I respect the talent they have. What I don't respect is the constant whining that they've done for the better part of the last, like, five years about the Astros, which now we continually hear other players that weren't on the Astros coming out saying other teams were cheating just like the Astros were. It's funny how that works. Now years have passed and other players are like, oh, yeah, that cheating goes on everywhere. So-and-so, so-and-so. We've had a rash of that, by the way, the last few weeks. It's funny how that works. Not to say that I told you so, but I told you so. It's uh, the fabric of baseball is cheating and stealing signs. I've told you before. I've seen parents at high school games in the outfield trying to manipulate their lights on their car or pickup truck behind the fence to distract the batter and to cheat that light. It's part of the fabric of the sport. But everyone wanted to make the Astros the scapegoats here when the Yankees and the Red Sox and everyone else were cheating like nobody's business. I guarantee you the Dodgers were cheating is too. Okay, Everyone cheats. Everyone cheats in baseball. So, But I digress. So I don't care for them. But I do appreciate history. And I do like witnessing something special. I can put my fandom aside to witness something special. And yesterday, last night, something special was going on. Clayton Kershaw was pitching his first game. Generationally, one of the best pitchers of his generation, of his era. Going to be in the Hall of Fame. Going to be in Cooperstown. So he's pitching. Well, he's coming off injury. They're taking precautions with him. So they have him on a pitch count. Okay, great. He pitched, he throws 80 pitches. He has a perfect game. Seven innings of perfect baseball. Not no hitter. For those new to baseball, no hitters are far more common because you can put runners on with walks and still record your no hitter as long as you don't give up a hit. A perfect game is exactly what it says. It's perfect. No hits, no walks, no nothing. Through seven innings, Clayton Kershaw, one of baseball's generational talents, has a perfect game with 13 strikeouts. 80 pitches, 13 strikeouts, no hits, no walks. He is six outs away from becoming the 23rd person in history to throw a perfect game. We got no hitters thrown three or four a year. They're very common. Perfect games are not. Perfect games are a very rare thing. And what do the Dodgers do? Dave Roberts says, let's pull him. <laughs> I just, I have a group thread. Well, not, not a group. I have a group thread with a couple of baseball friends of mine. But then I also have my other friends. So anytime 
we always talk baseball. We're always texting each other about baseball. And yesterday's decision by the Dodgers, in particular Dave Roberts, to pull his star pitcher because he got to 80 pitches with his pitch count and took him away from having an opportunity to join a very elite number of pitchers. Once again, baseball's been played for a very long time more than 100 years, and only 22 men have ever thrown a perfect game in the big leagues. And Clint Kershaw was six outs away from accomplishing that feat. And the skipper of those Dodgers, old Dave Roberts, decides he's going to pull his guy because, well, they wanted to take it easy with them because it's it, it, he was up to 80, 80 pitches. So, so we got we we got to knock it down. Uh, uh, just uh, unbelievable. Only twenty two guys have thrown perfect games in history, and I don't even like the Dodgers. And I'm I, I respect Kershaw. I respect the talent. I respect the Dodgers' history. I don't like them. I'm not a fan. I don't bleed Dodger blue. But this is stupid. And this is how baseball gets in its own damn way over and over again because the analytic morons have taken over. Because every team now has its analytics. And this goes, well, you know, uh, our analytical department says he should, uh, we should cap Kershaw like, uh, you know, 80 pitches. Don't, don't want to do anything. He has a chance at history. He's already won a World Series, he's already won multiple Cy Youngs. He has a chance of doing something special. And if Kershaw throws the perfect game yesterday, most sports talk shows and most sports media outlets in this country are going to lead with it. Baseball at the top. Not NBA playing tournament. No, no. It will be Kershaw perfect game it will lead sports center it will lead fox sports it will lead all the talk shows it will become the big talking point of the day and instead it's not because they pulled kershaw in the middle of a perfect game and then of course the next pitcher they brought in guess what gave up a single so the perfect game and the no hitter is gone for the team bye done Since 1901, which last time I checked, it's been a long time, right? Yeah, here we go. Two pitchers, only two pitchers, have been pulled from a game after throwing seven-plus perfect innings. Only two. Clayton Kershaw, yesterday. And Rich Hill, 2016. By the way, both starts were for the Dodgers and manager Dave Roberts. This just infuriates me. It infuriates baseball people as well. Once again, I don't like the Dodgers. But what are we doing? What are we doing here? This is not good for the game. I'd much rather watch Clayton Kershaw try to get a perfect game than what happened. And I'm not even a Dodger fan. Like, like for real? 
Guy was mowing down people. 13 strikeouts. You, you take him out there in the eighth. Let's say he gives up the perfect game. Then you want to pull him great because he's already got, you know, a no-hitter is kind of common now. Great. But you don't even give him the opportunity to have the chance at a perfect game. You're like, nah, let's take him out. The data said so. The analytical nerds are ruining baseball. Ruining it. Stop with all this nonsense. Just stop it. Just unbelievable. Stop it. Just just stop it. I get it. Analytics are part of the game. It helps the game. I understand it. Teams use it. The Astros have used it. The Braves have used it. I get it. It's part of the game. It helps the game. I understand all of that. But when the situation lends itself to short-sightedness, analytics will never let you down. I just... Woof. Woof. Baseball gets in its own way yet again. They always find a way to do so. Got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. We'll close out hour number one right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Poll question of the day. Which team is most likely to sweep their series this Easter weekend? Yeah, it's a big weekend for baseball. Big week, big weekend on the diamond. Let's get to the latest results here. 56% of you say the Raging Cages. They're taking on the Warhawks of ULM. But ULM always plays UL tough. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Football, basketball, baseball, softball. They always do. They get up for that series. They get up for those games. So it's not going to be a walk in the park, even though the Cajuns should sweep that series. 25% of you say the Tigers as they go up to Arkansas to take on the Razorbacks. 19% say the Astros over Hannah Five Names Seattle Mariners. And no votes yet for the McNeese Cowboys taking on Incarnate Word. Texan Acadiana says, wow, y'all woke up this morning and chose violence. Where's the none of the above? <laughs> Thank you, Texan and Acadiana. Oh, we got to take a timeout. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, though, coming up. We'll take your phone calls as well. Hotline's open, 337-706-0111. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I got a lot of energy today. I'm a little salty. Five names would describe me as I'm a little extra today. That usually happens when the producer extraordinaire is not extra. When I walk into the studio and I see darkness, I go, oh. It's too early in your fandom, five names, to be this devastated. That you just want to be, you just want to wallow in darkness because your Seattle Mariners are losing games. It's way too early in the fandom for that. Way too early in the fandom for that. Look, here's the rule of thumb. The misery that you're going to experience as a Mariners fan now will eventually pay off. It just will. How so? Look, you have to go through the bad times to truly appreciate when your team is good or great. Foot will tell you the same thing. You have to go through a lot of bad years. He went through a lot of bad years with the Houston Astros. He went through a lot of bad years with the New Orleans Saints. I went through a lot of bad years with the Atlanta Braves back in the 80s. You just do. You're still going through bad years with the commanders, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> Can they finally make Daniel Snyder sell the team? That's my wish for 2022. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not joking. When they do that, if they can, whether it's the government or whoever, forces Daniel Snyder to give up ownership of the Washington football team slash commander slash Redskins, I will then support them again. I'm done. I'm done with him. I'm just done with him. But that's a discussion for another day. You have to go through the lean years, five names. And when you go through the tough times when your team does get good, when they become a contender, or like for me as a Braves fan, even though I grew up loving Dale Murphy and we had a couple good years there in the early 80s, early to mid 80s, there was half the decade was crap. But when, when, man, when Sid Bream crossed home plate, old Sid Bream crossed home plate, and we got to go and we won a pennant, changes your life. It'll be a, it'll be, it's going to be a game changer for you. So, yeah, your team's on a four-game losing streak right now. Not to worry. It's a long season. And fandom, you're in it for the long haul. It's very much like a marriage. You are committing yourself to a team, mm-hmm. which means you got to stay with them through thick and thin, ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Stop me when I made my point. <laughs> you put a long time ago. <laughs> got to stick with them. As much as I hate the owner of the Washington Commanders, I despise him with every ounce of my being because he's ruined my team that I root for. I still am a fan of the team. That hasn't changed. When the Braves started being really bad after the Bobby Cox era was done and we had Freddie Freeman early and they were not very good, I still stuck with my team. So you stick with it. You stick with it. So you know what? No need to have the studio in dark while you're in mourning. I mean, honestly, I just forgot to turn the light on. And I was in a... Subconsciously, you were leaving the lights off because you're in mourning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what I was doing. 
I was in a zone of making sure the show was going to run smoothly for the beginning of the show. So I uh, Salty Steve has chimed in with some words of wisdom, as he usually does. Our bud, Salty Steve. Part of the family. Yep. In baseball, you have to learn how to carry a crown before you can wear one. There you go. You Don't got I this. I never become as extra as y'all's uh, World Series ring is. That ring is extra. It's a little over the top. And when I say little over the top, I mean way over the top. Yes. <laughs> Let me open the top of my ring so that you can see where all of our uh, runs were hit. And, uh, <laughs> why? Why is that needed? Because when your ownership says we're going to spend money on the rings. And now it's a thing. Like back in the day, if you look at the old school World Series rings or the old school Super Bowl rings for you know winning world championships, they're... they're now it's just ridiculous. But now it's almost like an arms race where every team tries to one up the other. Oh, you had oh, you had a, a lavish Super Bowl ring. Well, look what we're gonna do. Oh, you had a lavish World Series ring. Well, now ours is gonna open. Yeah. There's a pearl inside of it. Open like, and have lights and <laughs> so all of our the home runs were hit for the It's just of it's just too much. It's just too much. Yeah. It's too much, but Look, that's 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 just how it is now. That's just how it is. They they go way extra with the rings now. Like it, my cousin's rings they got for winning their like championships and stuff for softball right now are not as extra as that. Time out. Time, time out. What level of softball are we talking about here? Uh well they're now in j- high school, but they were in like junior high. So it was like travel ball so, and like so, school ball. So so time, time out for a second. I'm trying to, I'm trying not to fall out of my chair and making my brain hurt. You're surprised that world championship rings for a major league baseball team mm-hmm. are more lavish than travel ball, junior high, regional softball rings. Mm-hmm. In this, look at me. This surprised you? I think this is dumb. Y'all are extra. I think it should be the little ones that are more extra. It's women. It's softball, not men. <laughs> look at my, look at my really big ring, man. I'm still manly with my ring with the hundred and like sixty-two diamonds on it. Why? Why? I don't understand the reason why. Y'all need to be all. Got your jewelry. You're in. Get it together. Diamond encrusted bat. What? Get it. The, I understand. I understand. What it's a bat. in the hell are you doing over there? What are you talking about? Now you're coming after men. What did like, Kenneth do? What? What, what <laughs> we need to do? What did Kenneth do last night? I mean, he did decide he's gonna go to sleep at like five o'clock. There and it so is. So he woke up at nine. When I said, "Hey, I'm gonna go to sleep," and he woke up. I woke up at like twelve thirty, and I'm uh-huh. like, "Hmm, there's no one in the bed with me. The man is sitting on the couch in the living room." on his computer doing work. I'm like, when you come home cranky that you didn't get sleep and you had a long day, I'm going to laugh because that was your fault. You decided to go to bed way too early. So to recap quickly for <laughs> to for, for us for us men folk, uh, I, I'll speak for all of us here. So you're salty this morning no. because your Mariners lost to the White Sox and your fiancé 
wasn't in the bed with you when you woke up and he came home and took a nap so you guys really didn't spend quality time together so you're taking this out on me and the men but it's still dumb that you'll have because so of lavish this rings like why if you're gonna wear it i understand but just sitting in a on a shelf I would think that y'all would be more excited about maybe like, I don't know, like Why? a diamond encrusted bat with y'all's names on it. First, like of, first of all, first of all, what? first of all, all of us are in the same boat here. Yes. So all men all are the men. same. Yes. Why are you weird about jewelry? <laughs> all I, men, all. So you're saying, I, you're saying, let me see if I get this under, because you did graduate in December from the University of Louisiana at Lafayette with an actual degree. So let I me did. see if I understand this properly there, educated one from Slidell. Maybe this is a slittle thing. I don't know. We're about to find out. So what you're telling me is that because one team decided to go overboard extra with their World Series rings, that all men, all men, myself, Steve Wiley, James Mesh, Matt Miguez, Kevin Foote, Jim Gazzolo, Ron Higgins, Jarrett Rozier, Doug, Martin, Jamie, James, halftime, all men are ridiculous with jewelry because we're all in the same, because we all feel the same way about jewelry because you don't like a baseball team going over the top with their World Series championship ring. That's what you're telling me. Like, Why are they extra? For what reason? You're dodging the question because you lumped us all in in one boat here. (laughs) Yes, because y'all are all excited about this World Series ring. Are you not going to go see the World Series ring and also the trophy? Are you, are you not going to go to do that in a trip? I have a church. Um, I have something that I'm doing affiliated with my church, so I'm not going to go see the World Series championship trophy. So, yes, I chose to do something for my church instead of going to see the World Championship trophy. Don't you feel silly now? And they're not like I don't know. Oh, wasn't, wasn't there on the oh, day? Oh, I don't of, fit your narrative wait, 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 of men and on, their jewelry. Hold on, wasn't there a whole thing where they were selling like replicas when the day the ring came out? That was like three, four hours long, with all these men getting in line to get a replica of the World but Series. But not all ring. men. You said all men. You not. You said all men. See, and know. as if women don't go lavish, crazy with jewelry. Because they're women. We like jewelry. Why can't men we like jewelry? We have a tiger cabinet. We why have are you being our jewelry in it? Why are you being prejudiced against men oh for gosh. liking jewelry? What's that about? Does Kenneth like jewelry? Do you have an ex-boyfriend that wore too much jewelry and that's some type of thing no. like your hatred for Louisiana Tech is rooted in a past relationship? I'd like to point out you're the one that opened up the microphone. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Why do men why why do why do million dollar athletes like to wear million dollar pieces of jewelry? No, I go wonder get a why. new car. Go get a new car. They already have Lambos. <laughs> well, so what do you want? Like like you you're you're see, surprised. I would be I would be more, I think By the way, the only piece of jewelry I have on is my wedding band, by the way. You've I'm never seen me wear anything else. Good job. But once again, you're lumping us all together. Martin, <laughs> Doug. Myself, Chad Jones, Zach Miller, everyone that's affiliated with the show, Nick Fondo, Mike Dettelier, we're all the same because apparently all men love jewelry. Big, it's expensive that ring. jewelry. Why did he need the ring? Why would he have like a cool, like, a little, you know, was a Louisville slugger? Is that the bat you love? 
Yeah, that one. Okay. Take that. World Series champions. Atlanta Braves. The fact, 2021. The fact that you make that that look cool. Now I'm adding it to my list of things to do. Now I have to take you to Louisville to the Louisville Slugger Factory so you can understand. Like you're like that bat you love, the Louisville. It's a Louisville I Slugger. I couldn't think of the name of it at first. Okay. <laughs> Again, just coming into the Phantom. I didn't grow up playing catch with my dad. Like apparently everyone of the game did. I did not do that. I also played catch with my mom. If my dad was offshore, by the way. Oh, does that not fit your narrative now? Oh, oh. Y'all the one that made the rejoin, not me. You made the rejoin, not I. Hey, I I, I will speak for all of Acadiana. Everyone out there listening, you're out there listening this morning. Thank you, by the way. God bless you. I want to say we demand an apology from Kenneth for making you cranky. He's not even awake because, right now. Because he came home and took a nap and then got out of bed and then went and worked on stuff. Yeah, I don't and like left you in the bed by yourself. Being, I don't like, no, I don't like that. And thus, <laughs> now we get cranky. I'm not cranky. Given the business judgmental I'm five names. I'm making a point and you just want to come at me for show fodder so that we get better ratings because we are that amazing. Uh, before we take a timeout, you're speaking of showstoppers. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest culture marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. LMG is providing more than show-stopping countertops for your kitchens and bathrooms. What about your man caves? What about your outdoor entertaining spaces? You want to throw the parties for the fall for football for LSU, Cajun, Saints, and McNeese, don't you? You need to go check out my friends at Lafayette Marble and Granite. Visit their website, lmgelite.com to learn all about the sensational services and products that they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every Wednesday. Visit lmgelite.com or stop by their showroom located right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. Lafayette Marble and Granite, they're looking to earn your business. And trust me, earn it they will. We got to take a timeout. Five names will calm down. She'll do some breathing exercises. It'll be just fine. Kenneth will call and apologize. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves. Just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? 
Maybe only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year. There's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple. It's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, remind you, call 811 and know it's below before you dig. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Which team is more likely to sweep to sweep their weekend series? Is it LSU at Arkansas? Is it UL versus ULM at home? Is it the Minis Cowboys versus Incarnate Ward? Or is it the Houston Astros versus Hannah Five Names' Seattle Mariners? Right now, 64% of you say Raging Cajuns. 21% say the Tigers. 15% say Astros and no votes for the Cowboys. We also do have comments about Hannah Five Names being judgmental for men liking jewelry, million-dollar players liking jewelry, and lumping all men together into one category. Texan and Katiana says, Hannah is sexist. It's simple. Would you like to reply to this claim that you are, in fact, a sexist? I am not. I still don't understand the infatuation of the <laughs> ring for the Atlanta Braves and any other World Series ring. Or, or Super sports. Bowl ring. Or Super yes. Bowl ring. Which, I think it was, who was it? Somebody said something. I think it was Oh, was somebody said something? Somebody told me. Yeah, it was Steve. He said the reason why they received rings is because CRs weren't very manly. There you go. How long are you ringing these? You're not going to get tiara. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on our guy, Jamie. Jamie, a.k.a. Mr. Green, good morning to you. Are you appalled? Appalled, sir, by the sexism of Hannah Five Names. Well, I am a bit, but this is James, so this is like the second or third time this has happened. But, I'm just saying I told him it was James. I'm just letting you know. You I said did tell Jamie. him that. You said Jamie. I said bet money would be would, would be Jamie, but I then said it is James. I, I'm, I didn't hear that. Boom. I'm, I'm still trying to recover from your sexist I'm not take. sexist. <laughs> James, sorry, bud. What's on your mind? <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to touch that low-hanging fruit that is uh, the... the the gender uh, accessorizing of jewelry profiling that's going on. I've got, I've got my tinfoil hat on, and this is the conspiracy theory call of the day. Ooh, okay. I'm ready for it. Going back to what you had with Kershaw there leading off the uh, show. He signed a one-year deal with L.A. this year, and he has some incentives in there where if he wins the Cy Young, he gets a $1.5 million bonus. And if you finish second or third in the voting, he gets a half a million dollar bonus. Dang. I don't know about you, but a perfect perfect game looks pretty good on a Cy Young resume. Yeah, it does, especially for a former Cy Young award winner as well. And a guy's on a one year contract and has to come back and resign. Ooh, I like that. I like that. That's a thank you, James. Thank you. Have a good day. Hey, bud. Have a great day. Happy Easter to you and yours. That is interesting. Throws a per, yeah. It's interesting. That could be what's going on. Also, Dave Roberts has pulled another pitcher 
The only once again, we what we said earlier, only two times since 1901 has a pitcher thrown seven perfect innings in a game and has been pulled in said game. And the other time happened in 2016 with Dave Roberts as the manager of the Dodgers. So he's done. He's pulled this now twice. Woof. Woof. Just woof. It's just, it's, it's just not good for baseball. There's a lot of things that aren't good for baseball. This type of stuff in the analytics pushing narratives and pushing decisions is not really good for baseball. It's part of the game. It should be part of the game. Make no bones about it. It's a crucial part of the game. The problem is sometimes you have to have just baseball decisions being made by baseball people. I hate to say it that way. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut on things and let things play out. I mean, Kershaw had the opportunity to be only the 23rd pitcher in Major League Baseball history to throw a perfect game. And he didn't get that opportunity. And of course, he took the high road afterwards, said, yeah, he needed to be pulled and everything like that because that's what Kershaw is going to do. He's not going to throw his skipper under the bus. But I'm, I'll be more than happy to throw him in front of the, the train, bus, whatever. It's a dumb decision. There's a lot of bad decisions going on in baseball. This is one of them, analytics. The other part is teams that are opting, taking advantage of the revenue sharing and deciding not to invest in their teams. I'm talking to you, Oakland. You realize when Oakland was winning and going to World Series in the late 80s, early 1990s with Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire and Dave Stewart on the mound and Dennis Eckersley and all those guys, their payroll, Ricky Henderson, I think it was like 1990, 1992, the Oakland A's payroll was $32 million, which was a lot of money back then in 1992. So a lot's changed since then, right? Lots of inflation. Things are far more, cost a lot more these days. Would you like to know what the Oakland Athletics payroll is right now for the 2022 season? Want to take a guess? Five names. You're smart. Want to take a guess? Double that. It's $32 million. Again. The payroll that they had while they were winning and competing for World Series championships in 1992 was $32 million. It is the same right now. The same right now. 30 years later, it's the same. That's not committed to putting together a winning team. Oakland, that town, deserves better. I mean, what would they do if, like, for, for Kershaw's game yesterday, if they had no other pitcher to put in, it was just Kershaw, would they still take him out at 80, or are they going to leave him in because there's no other pitcher to be up there? Well, I mean, yeah, look, they have like, what, 10 guys in the bullpen, so they're not going to run out yeah. of pitchers in, in that regard. But it's just dumb. Like, you got a guy, it's it, it's it, it's like a guy, he's got the hot hand. Let him keep playing. Let him keep going. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and once again, you take the joy out of baseball. So you got teams out there that are on purpose losing and not investing in their teams because they can still put money in their pockets. That's hurting the brand of baseball. And then you had the analytical crowd that is just taking things and making dumb decisions, absolute dumb decisions. You know what's not a dumb decision? Us taking a timeout. We got to. 
But when we return here on RP3 and Company, Trevor Beggy, former STM Cougar, McNeese star wide receiver, he'll join us. He's trying to make his way to the NFL, maybe the CFL. We'll talk with Trevor next, right here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. draft is fast approaching. I'll be here in a matter of a few weeks. And our next guest, well, he's gearing up for that to hopefully hear his name called. And if he doesn't hear his name called in the seven rounds of the draft, he's hoping that he's impressed coaches, front office personnel enough to be able to maybe get an invite to a training camp and get on that way as an undrafted rookie free agent. He, of course, is known here locally for what he was able to accomplish at St. Thomas More as a member of the Cougars football team. He would go on to play five seasons for the McNeese Cowboys, even help them bounce back from Hurricane Laura. And last season, as a grad transfer, he went to Incarnate Word there in the Southland Conference and played in 13 games, recording 46 receptions for 620 yards, scoring three touchdowns as he helped the team to the outright Southland Conference championship and the program's first-ever FCS playoff victory. It's our privilege to welcome back to RP3 and Company the former STM Cougar and McNeese Cowboy, Trevor Beggy. Trevor, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I'm doing all right, man. Just uh, thankful that you have me back on the show. It's always a good time talking to you. Well, we appreciate you making the time, bud. So let's go back before we start talking about how you're preparing for the draft and what your process has been through pro days and workouts and everything like that. We'll do a deep dive into that, brother. But let's talk about this last season. You know, you transfer into Incarnate Word as a grad transfer. Uh, Let's start there. What was your decision and, and why did you come to the decision to stay inside the conference and what made you decide to transfer from McNeese to Incarnate Word? Yeah, um, you know, I was at McNeese obviously for five seasons and uh, we just had so many coaching changes and obviously the hurricane my last season, you know, kind of just put a damper on everything. And, uh, you know, I just had this last season because of COVID. Uh, COVID granted us an extra year of eligibility. So I just kind of was thinking to myself, like, man, I, you know, I kind of want to see what's out there and see if I can bet on myself and, you know, just to, you know, just try something new. So I, uh, you know, took a leap of faith and entered the transfer portal and um, ended up having Southeastern Louisiana and uh, University of Incarnate Word as my final two options. And, uh, you know, something was just calling to me that I wanted to move out of state, you know, try something new, get out of the state of Louisiana and just see what, see what else is out there. So I chose Incarnate Word and uh, went out to San Antonio, Texas. And, um, you know, the offense over there, uh, is, uh, the head coach was Eric Morris. He's uh, part of the Texas Tech uh, uh, coaching tree, so he runs an air raid offense. So I knew if I, I would go in and fit right in, and, uh, and I did, and it worked out perfectly. Um, you know, so we won, like, like you said, we won the championship, and I uh, had nothing but great things to say. So I'm, uh, I'm lucky it worked out for me in the end. Now, so it came down to those two teams, 
And, you know, you did have the opportunity because Southeastern was interested. Uh, they have a right. high-powered offense, and uh, you know their quarterback as well. He's <laughs> right. Yes, sir. right here in the Lafayette as well. Cole Kelly, of course, who's preparing yes, for the draft, the record-setting uh, quarterback for uh, the Lions. So was it a difficult decision because you knew what Cole was going to bring to the table yes. um, based yes. on what he did in the spring, winning the FCS level of Heisman uh, uh, for that level? Was it a tough decision? <laughs> It was. It was because me and Cole have gotten really close in the past couple of years. Obviously, we've kind of gone on this journey together. Um, he was really recruiting me very hard, but something just called to me. You know, in corner word, uh, the receivers coach, we, his name is Coach uh, Clint Killo. He uh, was really recruiting me very, very hard, and um, it was something just we had we had a connection that just I just was believing in him, and he just told me that you know to trust him and that for him moving out of state, he moved out of state once in his career, and uh, that it was the best thing he ever did. And, you know, just to try something new, man, just, you know, go out there and go out, go out on your own and, you know, really grow up and become a man. And uh, that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, no, no hard feelings between, you know, obviously I know what Cole brings to the table, but I just knew that UIW had a, a good quarterback, too, in Cameron Ward, who actually is at Washington State now. So, uh, you know, it worked out in the end. But, yeah, I think, honestly, either way I would have went, Southeastern or UIW would have been a good good decision. So, uh, you know, it's all good in the end, though. How, how difficult or how nervous were you – going to a school out of state after being at McNeese for five years, having to get to know new teammates, new coaches, yeah. the whole nine yards. What was that? Was that a little nerve wracking at first? Yeah, it was definitely. Cause I mean, obviously you've been at, you know, you were, I guess you could say the guy at McNeese for five years, you know, uh, everybody knows you at the school you were at, you know, you're comfortable, you have your own house. And then all of a sudden I'm packing up all my stuff and moving to a state that I've never been to really for a, for that long of a period of time, you know, away from my family, you know, my dad, he came watch me at McNeese. For, he watch, he came watch my practices at McNeese, you know, every day. So now he couldn't be able to do that. So it was going to be just a, definitely a different transition. But I knew that it was going to help me in the long run. As far as you know, if I wanted to go play pro, go to a different state, and you know, live there for a while, I was going to have to do that eventually. So um, it was definitely it was definitely hard. But I think I grew. A, I, I figured out a lot about myself in the end. We're talking with Trevor Beggy, former STM Cougar, McNeese Cowboy, and Incarnate Word star wide receiver he joins us here on rp3 and company trevor talk a little bit about developing that rapport that chemistry with a new quarterback how did you guys make that happen and how quickly did that chemistry develop yeah so when i got there um obviously the grad transfer the coaches pretty much told me i was going to start off the uh off the uh, as soon as i got there so as soon as i got there man like you know as a receiver you always want to be the quarterback's best friend so i was texting the quarterback you know, every day to try to get some routes in, you know, and try to get, try to understand their scheme because their scheme was a lot different than what I did at McNeese. McNeese is more pro style. This is more air raid, you know, five wide receivers. So I had to, I had to kind of understand how that, you know, tempo, that offense worked. So really just, honestly, we were going out throwing every day. Um, I wanted to, for summer workouts, I really wanted to show my speed to show these coaches how fast I was and, you know, how durable I could be and they, that they could depend on me. So really, just once from the from the first workout, I wanted to show that I could be a leader on the team, you know that I was, you know, that I was ready to go, and that's what I did. And then, um, you know, it paid off during the regular season. Did you guys have a feeling that you guys were going to have something special over there at Incarnate Word um, during the fall campaign? Because it, it definitely surprised a lot of people just how good you guys were winning the conference yeah. championship outright. When did you know personally, as as a veteran, as a grad transfer? that there was something special cooking up over there. So I actually left this out. 
So we played in the spring season. I don't know if you remember this. We played in the spring season because uh, COVID canceled our fall season. That's correct. And so when, when I was at McNeese in the spring, we played in Corner Word, and they beat us bad. So I knew right there. Oh, yeah. That in I remember that game. I knew right. <laughs> I, it, was, it was the first game McNeese had at their home stadium since the hurricane, and they beat us really, really bad. So that, that was when I knew that they were going to be good. So when I entered the portal, I remembered. I'm like, man, they beat us real bad. Like, I knew, I knew that team was going to be good. So I knew as soon as I got there, if they just added a couple more pieces, that we were going to be legit. And I knew after the first like practice, I was like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do some good things here. So um, it was actually in the spring season when I when I realized how really good they were going to be. So, so it's kind of kind of ironic, you know. What was it like when you had to face your former team last season? Yeah, that was a uh, you know obviously a highly anticipated game for me. Um, I think me scoring that touchdown against them was. Um, was probably one of the highlight of my career just you know because obviously everything's coming full circle uh it was special though you know obviously there was high emotions in the game but you know at the end of the day those are you know that school did a lot for me you know I got my degree from there and I'll always be forever grateful for McNeese and uh you know it was just a special game just to see all my old old teammates and stuff but it was it was definitely weird but I have nothing but love for McNeese and nothing but good things to say about them so here you are, you, you're at McNeese, you stay there for five years, you're a grad transfer, you go to Incarnate Word, and you're having this great amount of success. How rewarding was that personally for you to experience not only a winning season, but a great season, a championship season, after putting in so many years of hard work and not being able to taste that kind of success? Yeah, like, uh, I mean, I spent, you know, I was, I was in that conference for six years, six seasons. And, uh, you know, had lots of ups and downs, lots of, you know, we were at Magnus, we were having good seasons, we had some bad seasons. So, obviously, for it to all come full circle and for me to finally get a championship, you know, with the team that I took a leap of faith on to come and join, you know, and obviously it just couldn't have worked out any better. Uh, it was just a great season. Uh, I have, you know, it was – I had, like, some memories, like you said. Just It was a great it was a great year all around. And just to finally put a ring on my finger uh, was definitely worth it. I'll, I'll tell you that, you know. It was just the whole journey was great, and um, I'm just glad that it could end. I was able to end with the championship. And even your FCS playoff experience, you finally <laughs> get to taste the playoffs, and it's, right. it was against former Southland teams. It's just crazy right. that's how it kind of worked out. You know, yeah. <laughs> you you guys beat Stephen F. Austin in overtime, 35-28, to 28, and then you end up losing to eventual uh, national champ Sam Houston, 49-42 in a shootout. Uh, when it was all said and done, uh, Trevor, did you feel like you gave everything that you could in your college career? Did you leave everything out on the field? Yeah, I, I did. I did. I mean, what's kind of funny about the playing SFA and Sam Houston, we kind of, obviously going into those two games, we kind of we kind of had a feeling that we could beat those two teams because obviously we had played them before, you know, so we had some familiarity there. So, we, you know, we, we went to the playoffs, you know, full throttle, ready to roll. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, man, when, when, I, when we lost that final game, we actually lost in the one-yard line to go and tie the game to Sam Houston. When that happened, I just, you know, it, you know obviously it, it all hit me at once, but I knew in the end that I, you know, I did everything I could, and uh, I was I was proud of myself for everything that I did. And, you know, that was, that was pretty much it. But it was, uh, it, was a, it, was a great, it was a great career, to say the least. Wrapping up our conversation with former STM Cougar, McNeese, Cowboy and Incarnate Word star wide receiver Trevor Beggy joins us here on RP3 and Company. Trevor, let's talk about season ends, and obviously you have aspirations. It's every you know young boy's dream, especially growing up here in Southwest Louisiana, to play football at the professional level. You obviously are trying to pursue that dream. So walk us through your process 
of pro days, workouts, and what's the latest that you can tell us uh, about you trying to get a foot in the door for the National Football League? Yeah, it's a funny story. Uh, when I was a junior at McNeese, I had this, uh, I had an agent uh, hit me up, and we started talking. His name is Justin Turner. Uh, he's basically his agency's the Turner Brothers. Uh, he represents Cole Beasley. His, one of his top guys is Cole Beasley. So, um, you know, obviously there's a familiarity there. He thinks that, you know, I have some similar traits as Cole Beasley. So we were talking my junior year, and he was like, man, look, after your senior season, I'd love to talk. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, you know, I, I doubt he's going to want to, you know, hit me up or talk to me after, you know, after this. So we'll see. So after actually after my senior season at Incarnate Word, he messaged me, and we started talking, and then we, we uh, agreed on a contract. And uh, he he wanted me to go to Charlotte, North Carolina, for two months to train for my pro day. Me and Cole Kelly, actually, believe it or not, me and Cole Kelly went to, to Charlotte, North Carolina to train for two months with guys like Steve Smith Sr., um, Cordero Patterson, uh, Curtis Samuel of the NFL. So that experience for me was really eye-opening to, to, to really know that I can, you know, I can, I belong here, you know, training with those guys, just seeing how they work from a day-to-day operation, you know, um, just, it was so cool. It's such a cool experience for me. It's such a humbling experience for me just to be around those guys. And then, so, um, trained there for two months and then went to pro day and then absolutely killed it. And I couldn't have did any better. I was very happy with everything I did all my times and everything. So right now, um, it's kind of a waiting game, obviously, but just like I said, the draft in two, uh, two weeks, uh, hopefully, man, hopefully I get the call. If not, hopefully, you know, there's a team that is out there that wants for me to come do a rookie mini camp or do a tryout or something like that. And then if that doesn't work out, then probably try to go to the CFL, the Canadian football league and try to do that for a couple of years and then see where it takes me. But right now, it's just a waiting game. I'm still training here in, uh, in Youngsville. So, you know, everything's up in the air, and, you know, just going to leave it up to God, and hopefully it all works out. But, you know, in the end, I know that I did everything I could to put myself in the best situation possible. So, you know, I can sleep well at night knowing I did that. And that pathway through the CFL, you know, Deontay Spencer is a perfect example of exactly. a local guy that used that to get into the NFL, and a lot of other guys have done the same thing. Uh, let me ask you this, Trevor. Have you interviewed with any teams whatsoever so far? No, I have, I have not. Uh, the, the Houston Texans, the New York Jets, and the New England Patriots were all at my pro day. Um, they were all very impressed. But um, my agent actually is doing kind of the talking with all that. But I have not personally interviewed. Um, I'm hoping for a tryout actually in a couple of weeks to see if that comes about. But I have not personally interviewed with them yet. But hopefully, you know, once I, if I do a trial with them or something, that something will come up. But not yet. Well, Trevor, so. wish you the best of luck, man. Uh, you kept grinding at it. You kept uh, uh, getting after it, so to speak. You got to taste the success of having a championship season. And now you're going to try to make it to the NFL. I know it won't be easy, but you got the right mindset to try to make that dream a reality, brother. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Best of luck to you and uh, your journey, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Ram. I appreciate y'all having me on the show. It's always, a, it's always a pleasure. So take care, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, and happy Easter to you All and right, your family, yes, bud. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you. That's Trevor Beggy, former STM Cougar star, 
turn nice star wide receiver and then he really has a breakout season as a grad transfer for incarnate word helps them win double digit games wins the southland conference outright and wins their first ever fcs playoff game trevor now is trying to parlay that into an opportunity at the next level in the national football league speaking of taking things to the next level what about festival international that's right. They're taking it to the next level. And we got a prize package that you can score that's going to have you experience festival like never before. It's the Games Festival International Prize Pack. Sign up for the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you're going to get the opportunity to score a pair of Bon Ton passes. That's right. You can't even buy these passes now. They're sold out. You can only win them through us at the game you'll get exclusive access to front row and stage areas shaded seating air-conditioned restrooms hello no sweaty porta potties for you express drink lines shirts pins and even a poster experience festival like never before by winning the festival international prize pack from the game southwest louisiana sports station we got to take a timeout. more rp3 and company coming up right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Dun, 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 dun. Poll question of the day, me, oh, my, crawfish pie. Let's check it out. Where do we stand? Big weekend series across the board for the Tigers, Cajuns, Cowboys, and them Astros. We asked you, which team is most likely to sweep their series this Easter weekend? 68% of you say the Raging Cajuns over those Warhawks. 18% say the Tigers. 14% say the Houston Astros over the fighting Hannah Five names. And 0% for the Minis Cowboys. Let's get to some comments. Brad says, Astros, LSU won't sweep, but they'll win the series. FYI, Breakers play the Philadelphia Stars Sunday at 3 o'clock. USFL is back, baby. Steve says, there must be a sale on brooms this weekend. Either that or there's a janitorial strike and teams have to clean their own locker rooms. <laughs> Salty Steve with the comments. Doug says, the Lady Tigers are due, Ray, and I believe it can happen this weekend. Go Tigers. Shout out to Doug, LSU softball fan. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Keep leaving your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Five names. We have a minute to spare here before we wrap up hour number two. Mm-hmm. Are we okay? Are you good now? Are you good? Yeah. We're a couple hours in. You had a good, I felt like we had a good therapy session where you were screaming at me and screaming at men and you lumped men everywhere together in one group because of world series rings and that we all love gaudy jewelry for some reason even though i pointed out that you know i only wear a wedding band um so do you feel better now and do we need to maybe have an intervention talk to kenneth about coming home taking a nap no. not spending time with you no i'm okay all right <clears throat> you're better you feel better yeah. you, you seem to be more relaxed mm-hmm. okay good all right I'm at Granola Bar. It's fine. Maybe maybe during the timeout, we'll give you the Nerf basketball. You can come in here, dunk it up. Slam it down. Um, that would be worse because I'm not that good at that. So, I'm okay. It, it's But it's right there. 
it's it's you can reach the goal. I promise. Do you need to get my daughter involved? Do I need no. to get HP1 involved to no. show you some hoop skills? Because she has them. No, I'm good. She hoops it up every day. All day or day. Boom. She goes to the Globetrotters and says, huh, Cajuns need some help. They need me on their team. I'm good. Shout out okay. to Hattie, my daughter. She loves to hoop it up. She does. Boom. I'm telling you, you go, you want to play a pickup game at the park? You bring my daughter. Done. Win. Victory will be yours. Have a great day at school, baby girl. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three. We'll kick it off with Les East. Talking Saints, talking Pels. That's next right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number three has arrived here in RP3 and Company, and we're going to finish strong. Half an hour from right now, Christina Long, who covers the Arkansas Razorbacks for the USA Today Network, is going to be joining us, helping us get a preview of the LSU-Arkansas Baseball Series. Of course, you can listen to tonight's game right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. You're home for LSU athletics. That'll be coming up. Of course, we do have a poll question of the day. Which team is most likely to sweep their series this Easter weekend? Got some good choices here. LSU, obviously, up in Fayetteville, taking on Arkansas. SEC West is kind of kind of be on the line here. Arkansas leads the division, but by not by not a ton after losing last weekend's series. LSU's coming off a sweep of defending national champion Mississippi State. The Raging Cajuns, Matt Deggs' team is at home after a lengthy road trip where they took all three games against Arkansas State. They'll be looking to do the same against ULM starting tonight at the Teague. The Mid-East Cowboys, they just got swept by UNO. They're going to look to get back on track as they take on Incarnate Word. And of course, the Houston Astros. They'll be taking on the Seattle Mariners, Hannah Five Names' favorite Major League Baseball team, in Seattle, in the Emerald City. Right now, 68% of you say it's going to be Raging Cajuns. 18% say LSU. 14% say Astros. No votes for the McNeese Cowboys. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. But right now, it's time for us to talk the latest with the New Orleans Saints, and, of course, those New Orleans Pelicans who won last night in the play-in tournament, winning their first game against the San Antonio Spurs with 
the man who covers both teams and does so very well for CrescentCitySports.com. It's our friend, the one and only Mr. Les East. Les, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? Doing well, Raymond. How are you? I am doing great, my friend. All right, let's start off with last night's game. It watching it on television it sure did look like it was an electric atmosphere it's been a long time since the smoothie king center felt that way about a basketball game maybe for a concert but not for a basketball game what was the environment like last night for the play-in tournament game versus san antonio well it was what you would expect for for a postseason game it was uh the game sold out during the afternoon it was uh very loud very enthusiastic the best atmosphere and the biggest crowd since the last postseason game which was the uh western conference um semifinals against golden state in 2018 and uh, it's been kind of building toward this. I wrote about this at CrescentCitySports.com last night. And uh, down the stretch, the crowds have been getting bigger and more enthusiastic for the last couple of weeks. And last night was bigger and more enthusiastic. And uh, it was a big factor, I think, in the way the team played and uh, in, in putting away the Spurs and, and moving on. Let's talk about that. C.J. McCollum really kind of set the tone from jump. Uh, 12, 24 of his 32 points came there in the first half. How much of a difference has he made on this team, Less? Because it sure does seem to be the best move Griff has made since running the Pelicans. Yeah, he's made a huge difference. He's had a bigger impact. Uh, than even I expected. I thought it was a good trade when they made it. He's turned out to be an even better player than I realized he was when they acquired him. His uh, versatility on offense is remarkable. He's not just a three-point shooter. He can score uh, with the mid-range. He can go to the basket. He can do he can pretty much score every way you can imagine. He is a uh, tremendous offensive player and uh he's made a, a world of difference for this team and when he and brandon ingram are on the floor at the same time it's a really difficult situation for opposing defenses to try and slow both of them down because they can play off of each other so well and uh last night was a a good indication they didn't both get going at the same time very much but McCollum had 27 in the first half, and Ingram had uh, most of his 27 in the second half. He had, uh, I believe, uh, seven during one stretch of the first quarter, and then he got into foul trouble in the second quarter. But he was big down the stretch. So when when Ingram was sidelined, McCollum took over, and when McCollum cooled off, Ingram took over, and it was really difficult for the Spurs to slow the two of them down, and they really never did. And so McCollum's just been a tremendous addition for this team. His play speaks for itself. How, But I would say his leadership and the combination of the two has been so valuable, right, Les? Because, look, the, the, you got vets on the team that have been there, done that. 
But a lot of times those guys don't contribute, right? They're just on the bench. But McCollum is a starter. He gets buckets. He sets the tone. And that veteran presence has made a huge difference, especially with these younger guys who have never been in these moments before. Yeah, and one of the big things about McCollum is that, you know, he was brought here as really the two guard, and he's a combo guard, and he's really played mostly as the lead guard after the first couple of games. They they moved Devontae Graham to the bench and put Jackson Hayes in the lineup and made McCollum essentially the point guard. He's not a traditional point guard, but he is the lead guard on this team. And so he sets the tone for this team offensively, and he's so good in knowing when to attack and to when, when to be the primary scorer and also when to uh, facilitate for teammates, and especially at the beginning of games. He's very good at uh, setting up his teammates and getting them started. And then when necessary, he will take over offensively and he can get to the basket and he can shoot from the outside. So he's really smart and really uh, his experience shows up in how he gets others involved and chooses his spots to take over. And in, in that sense, he looks like a guy who's been playing uh, lead guard his whole career, and yet he's he had to defer to Damian Lillard most of the time in Portland. But in New Orleans, he has been uh, the guy with the ball in his hands the most, and he's made very good decisions on when to attack and when to set up his teammates. That's been uh, a tremendous uh, advantage for the Pelicans since his arrival. We're talking with Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. He joins us here on RP3 and Company, talking Pels, talking Saints. Let's stay with the Pelicans. They take down the Spurs last night in front of a great crowd, great atmosphere. And I said it before the game, Les, this week, no matter what, it's a great foundation season. Even if, no matter what happens in the play-in tournament, it's a great foundation season because they turn things around after a rough start. Rookie coach, no Zion. The fact that they got here is a sign of good things to come. But fans are going to be pumped up now because they beat the Spurs and they can uh, taste them getting to the actual playoffs as the eight seed. Minnesota stands in their way. What type of challenges do the T-Wolves present? Well, they will play uh, the Clippers. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Clippers, yeah. T-Wolves, T-Wolves, that's right. Yeah, T-Wolves got the seven seed. That'll be a much uh, much more difficult matchup for them. Uh, the Clippers, uh, I was actually surprised that the Clippers did not win in Minnesota the other night. Uh, so uh, the Pelicans will have to go to L.A. and play them. But that's a game the Pelicans can win. Uh, the 3-1 and one against the Clippers this year. But the one time that Paul George played, was was the matchup about 12 days ago in Los Angeles, and the Clippers won by 18. Now, that was the third game of a four-game Western trip. The Pelicans were coming off a huge win against the Lakers, and and the Clippers were looking to clinch a playoff spot uh, or a play-in spot of their own. So the timing, I think, was favorable to the Clippers in that matchup at their they're certainly a much better team since Paul George came back. 
but those three wins, while the, the Clippers were hurt, Kawhi Leonard hadn't played the whole year. Two of those wins, the Pelicans beat them decisively. So the, the Pelicans are not going to be uh, intimidated in any way by the Clippers. Now, this was a very emotional win last night. Uh, after practicing today, they're going to have to fly out to L.A. and come back tomorrow night. So, again, it doesn't set up great for the Pelicans in terms of coming back so quickly after a big win to play this team on the road. But they can handle them. They, they need to, to slow down Paul George, and they need to, to – you know, one of the things that I think really stood out last night was the way the three rookies played. I, I mean, Herbert Jones, who will probably guard Paul George much of the game tomorrow night, uh, Trey Murphy the third, and Jose Alvarado – did not play like rookies. They looked like guys who were just thrilled to be playing in a pressure situation. They were remarkable. And then when you throw in McCollum and Ingram and Valanchunas, it was a tremendous team effort, and they're going to need something similar to that tomorrow night if they're going to beat the Clippers. Give me your X factor in this matchup between the Pelicans and the Clippers tomorrow night. Well, I think uh, it's probably going to be Herbert Jones. I mean, he if he can slow down Paul George and stay out of foul trouble and contribute on the offensive end, which he did last night, he had a couple of big three-pointers in the first half, that, that just elevates this team. And then, you know, when, when he comes out, they put Najee Marshall in usually to guard the other team's best scorer. So if they can somehow keep Paul George under control – I think they match up pretty well the rest of the way. So, uh, and Herbert Jones is going to have to stay out of foul trouble. You know, he's a rookie. He doesn't generally get the calls that a veteran would get from the officials, although that's worked a little bit better down the stretch. I think he's developing a bit of a reputation for his defense. So if he can contain Paul George and stay on the floor, uh, and add a little bit offensively, I think they're going to have a pretty good chance. But it's going to be a really tough game. I think it's going to be a really good game. All right, Les, let's switch gears and talk Saints. Uh, the rumor mill is just going crazy here during what I call the silly season or the, the, the season of misinformation concerning the NFL draft and the Saints and keep getting barraged with they're taking a quarterback. They like Malik Willis. They like a quarterback. They like Kenny Pickett. I say they're not going to do that based on their history and based on the philosophy of Mickey Loomis and Jeff Ireland liking taking offensive linemen, D linemen, DBs, and wide receivers in the first two rounds. Do you see any possibility that the Saints are going to draft a quarterback in the first round this year? Well, I think it's possible, but I don't think it's very likely. I mean, for, first of all, the trade they made last week moved them from 18 to 16. They didn't make that trade to draft a quarterback for a couple of reasons. Uh, there's, there's no guarantee that a player is going to be there at 16 that was not going to be there at 18. Okay, you have no idea at this point who's going to be there at 16. Uh, secondly, a lot of mock drafts don't have a quarterback going before 16 or even before 18. So they, they might have been able to get uh, the first or at least the second quarterback uh, at 16 or even 18. Now, if they package those two number ones they now have to jump into the top 10, then that would 
that might tell you that they have a quarterback that they have fallen in love with and they think is worthy of a top 10 pick and they want to be sure they get him regardless of what the mock drafts say. But, you know, at this point, moving from 18 to 16 doesn't guarantee them anything. But they put themselves in a position to possibly jump into the top 10, and they would probably want to get in front of Carolina if they're convinced that Carolina is going to pick a quarterback, which they probably are, and they think they're going to pick the guy that they want. So unless they make another move, to move way up in the draft, uh, no, I don't think they're picking a quarterback. And even if they jump into the top ten, that could be to get the number one tackle or to get the number one or number two wide receiver. So uh, unless I make another move, no, I don't think they're taking a quarterback. And even if they jump up again, which I don't think would happen until Thursday night of next week, I mean two weeks on draft night, uh, then maybe they're going for a quarterback. But I still think it's more likely that they have targeted or that they're going to try and move up to get uh, an elite offensive lineman or an elite wide receiver. And the fallback position is that they uh, they have 16 and 19. They're going to get two players who are going to contribute as rookies, possibly a lineman and a wide receiver, possibly two wide receivers. So, I think it's more likely that that move had uh, less to do with a quarterback than that it had something to do with a quarterback. Les, appreciate you, Tom. As always, brother, keep up the tremendous work that you're doing with CrescentCitySports.com. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Happy Easter. Thanks, Raymond. Happy Easter. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. We'll update the poll question of the day. Hey, we'll squeeze in a phone call if you want. 337-706-0111. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 14th, 1969. It's the first regular season Major League Baseball game played outside the United States. The Montreal Expos defeat the St. Louis Cardinals 8-7 in Montreal. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Richard Seafood Patio has some of the best boiled crawfish, but also serves up them boiled shrimp, crabs, fried and grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, pull boys, and even a seafood buffet. Go sign up for the game clubhouse right now at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio. Once again, $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. But you can only score that by becoming a member of our clubhouse 
at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Go sign up today. It's free to do so. Hannah, five names in the house. The hizzy, as they like to say. No. No? Mm-mm. <laughs> it's not even the crib anymore either. Don't say that. You know, there used to be a show called Cribs. Yes. It was on the I MTV. Know. It was. My favorite Cribs episode ever is the one with Red Man. Really? Yes. Have you never seen this one? So um, they do all the Cribs episodes where they, you know, you know, Stevie Franchise, you know, all, all the all the athletes and rappers, but Red yeah. Man's Cribs episode is legendary. It's absolutely legendary because it's the exact opposite of what every other Cribs episode was. <laughs> I'm looking at There's it people now. sleeping on the floor. <laughs> it's like a little like a little house. <laughs> it's kind of a dump. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's my I favorite like Cribs Shaq. episode of all time. I like Shaq's crib. My my favorite part of Cribs was years later when said Cribs were foreclosed on <laughs> because the people that were on Cribs weren't living the right lifestyle and weren't budgeting their money properly. So their Cribs were taken away from them because they went, you know, bankrupt. Or sometimes, you know, you became a thing on Cribs where athletes and like rappers and rock stars would have cars. They would rent cars for the Cribs episode. So like, oh, Cribs is coming. Oh, I better go get this Lamborghini that I'm going to lease for the weekend or for a week and like pretend like it's my car. (laughs) In reality, no. No, 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 no. Ah, Cribs, what a time to be alive when that show was popular. Poll question of the day. Which team is most likely to sweep their series this Easter weekend? That's right, holiday weekend, right around the corner. All the series are going to start tonight for college. They're not going to play on Sunday. So LSU's at Arkansas in an SEC West showdown. You can listen to that game live right here on the game, of course, where you're home for LSU sports. So you got LSU at Arkansas. Cajuns are at home starting tonight for a three-game set against in-state rival ULM. They should beat ULM easily. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Warhawks always play up, always are fired up to play the Cajuns. No team, even though Cajuns may look at the Warhawks as not as a rival, the Warhawks look at the Cajuns as their rival. So they're going to get up for that game and for this series. Like they do in football and basketball, they always give the Cajuns problems. It will not be easy at the Teague the next three days. Or you got McNeese trying to get back on track against Incarnate Word after being just thumped by UNO in a three-game series, which they were swept by. Privateers gave them the business. Can they bounce back after stewing on that for a week, having their midweek game canceled, or postponed, rather, due to weather? They're going to take on Incarnate Word. And then the Astros will be playing Easter Sunday. They're going to take the day off today for travel. And then they're going to go to Seattle and take on the Mariners, the Fighting Five Nameses. 
I think this is finding five names. I like saying so names is 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 that extra. Okay, got it. You like you proclaim to everyone on the airwaves that I'm too extra, that I'm extra. You did that. Why are you not extra though? I am. Okay. What? Are we, what? What? <laughs> what? What did being passionate, caring about your job, caring about the people that you work with, when did that become extra? Um, I'm not. I'm not going into this with you. It's okay. It's okay that your team lost to the Chicago White Sox. You're going to win today, five names. Let's think positive. Are you ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Woo! Coming for you. Ah. Coming for you, Greg Gazzolo. Ah. <laughs> Astros will be playing over the weekend. You can listen to those games on here on the game as well. And they're going to be taking on the Seattle Mariners. Right now, 71% of you say Raging Cajuns are most likely to sweep this weekend. 16% of you say LSU. 13% say the Strohs. No votes for McNeese. JPK, the OD, has chimed in. I think the better question is which team would be more likely to be the sweepies, not the sweepers. Ooh. JPK, the OD, coming in with a quality tweet today. He typically does that, though. He typically does. does that. I'm glad he's able to let us follow him so I can see his tweets, too. See, it's all about the love. It's all that about happened. the love here. That was a great day. And uh, his profile pick is the dude abides, which I support fully. So JPK, though, D is part of the family just because of that alone. Yeah, he gave us access, but he's got the big Lebowski as the avatar on Twitter. I'm here for that. Yes, 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 yes. The dude does abide. The intern extraordinaire, Becca, has arrived. With the most amazing either perfume or lotion on, because it smells really good in here now. Oh, amazing! She's making things smell better in the studio. Right. Which is like a just plus. Water beforehand, but now it's which is a plus. Shout out to her. The show's about to be taken to another level. Oh, yeah. The last yes. half hour of RP3 and Company is going to be the best half hour of the week. And yeah. then footnotes, going to be on another level. Boom. Boom. It's Produce about an to hour or two by herself. She's got this. Boom. What up, soon to be graduate? Coming up after this timeout, <laughs> Christina Long, Arkansas Razorbacks beat reporter for the USA Today Network, will be joining us, giving us a preview of LSU Arkansas. Let us know a little bit more about Pig Suey. That'll be coming up next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. P3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. It's like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Do you have chronic joint pain like in your knees and hips? It's time to think about an exciting new way to treat joint pain with biologic therapies, regenerative solutions. I'm talking about QC Kinetics, now available right here. Hey, 
It's Raymond Parts III. Lots of people here have called QC Kinetics already. They are the nation's leader in helping people deal with chronic pain with no surgery, no drugs, no steroids, and no downtime. These natural pain treatments can actually repair and restore damaged tissue in your joints with long-lasting results. I'm telling you, Biologic Solutions helps your body heal itself. If you have joint pain due to arthritis, lower back pain, shoulder pain, you need to change the way you think about pain treatments and discover the biologic therapies at QC Kinetics. Get moving again. Get your life back with no surgery and no drugs. Call QC Kinetics now to learn more. 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Real pain relief. 243-4222. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But right now, it's time for us to get take a deeper dive, if you will, into Arkansas Razorback baseball. They're going to host. They lead currently the SEC West standings. But they had a rough weekend. They're going to be looking to get back on track this weekend in conference play as well. LSU comes to town. They're coming off a sweep of the defending national champs. That's the best LSU has looked all season long. To break down this matchup and to give us more of an idea of what the Razorbacks bring to the table is the Arkansas Razorbacks reporter for the USA Today Network with the Times record. It's Christina Long joining us now. Christina, good morning to you. Thank you for making the time. How are you? I'm good, Raymond. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, we appreciate you making the time. I know it's busy. Big series this weekend, this holiday weekend. Let's talk a little bit about, from the Arkansas perspective, how big of a series is this against LSU, a normal kind of natural rival? Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be a big rivalry. Arkansas's home schedule this season is is really, really great. They're hosting a lot of those kind of rivalry series. And I think especially after you know coming off the first year, they had a 13 13- series win streak um, in the SEC that ended against Florida last weekend. And so I think this this weekend is going to be huge for them to kind of get back on track and kind of continue to move toward their goals for sure. Tell us a little bit about this year's team. What's kind of their DNA? Let's talk about the pitching. How strong is it? Who are some of the stars? Yeah, I mean, the starting rotation has been the same since opening weekend. They really have have figured it out from the beginning. And they've got a freshman that's their second-day starter, so you'll see him on Friday, um, Hagen Smith. And he had a little bit of a – he's had a couple of rough outings, including last weekend, just not as long, um, just a little bit inconsistent. Um, Connor Nolan, who will start tonight, has been um, probably their best in recent games. Um, He had a fantastic game. Uh, last weekend, they almost shut out uh, Florida in the first game, um, and then uh, Florida got a run in the ninth when Nolan was pulled. But um, he, so he's probably been their best. Jackson Wiggins is the third day starter, and he, like Hagen Smith, had a little bit less um, of a stellar outing last weekend. It wasn't terrible, but those two losses both started with kind of less consistent starts from the from the starting pitchers. The bullpen has been a little bit. Um, up and down, there's a couple of guys who've been really consistent. Um, Brady Tigert, who's a freshman, has been um, one of their best out of the bullpen. So whenever he, he kind of comes in, um, not necessarily fully in a closer role, but um, he's a guy that they've started to kind of rely on to kind of um, shut down an offense when they need it. How potent, it, how potent rather, is the Razorbacks lineup, one through nine? 
It has been getting better. I know early in the season it started off with a lot less pop than people expect, expected, especially coming off last season, you know, leading Division One in home runs and just, you know, really, really high-scoring offense. Um, and so this season they started a little bit quieter, um, and people were a little bit concerned about that. So, you know, when you look at the Tennessees of the world and they're just, you know, absolutely popping off, it makes Arkansas look like they're um, – a little bit less dangerous offensively, but I think they've kind of started to figure it out. Um, Chris Lanzilli is one of their best hitters, um, as well as Michael Turner, their catcher, um, has been pretty consistently their best guy. Um, leads in pretty much all of the batting statistical categories um, and has been pretty much their, their best hitter for sure. So what happened last weekend against Florida? Because, you know, look, the Gators, that's a good program. They're, they're a good team, but they've been kind of inconsistent. What was the big key factor for this last weekend that saw the Razorbacks struggle against the Gators? Yeah, I think it was, like I said, the the starting pitching um, in the second two games kind of starting a little bit shakier than they were used to. And the other problem that they had was they just stranded a ton of runners, especially in the second game. Um, they stranded nine and they lost by five runs. Um, they were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Um, and they only scored two runs. And then one was on an RBI triple and the other was on an error. So it was just really hard for them to actually capitalize on opportunities, which has been a problem for them in all of their losses. So um, whenever they get guys on base, they, they, don't, they aren't necessarily threatening to score every time. So that's kind of been their problem. And that was the problem in, in games two and three was just, leaving guys out and not capitalizing. They looked last year like just a runaway train and, you know, 50 wins. And they look like, especially after they won their opener in the Super Regional against NC State, a hard-fought win, right? They win that game. And I was thinking, hey, this is a team that's going to keep rolling. They're going to Omaha. They're going to the College World Series. Obviously, NC State had other plans how much has that disappointing loss at home in the Supers kind of fueled this team in the offseason and for this season? Yeah, I think it definitely has. It was a huge disappointment for all of them. It was not what they expected. I mean, they felt a little bit like Team of Destiny. It felt a little bit like if this team can't do it, you know, who can? Um, but I do think that they've done – I will say they've done a really good job of not necessarily dwelling on that. It's not something that has come up super consistently – um, and I think that their staff has done a really good job of kind of helping them move on from that. I think, you know, it is, it's certainly motivation, but they do have a lot of new guys. I mean, three guys that are consistently in the lineup are transfers. Um, they have a lot of fresh faces that kind of have that goal of getting to Omaha without kind of that bad taste in their mouth. So I think part of it is, is new faces and part of it is definitely using that as motivation and wanting to get back um i think they know the conversation about like oh well they don't have kevin cops anymore um you know one of the best pitchers in, in baseball i think they you know they're aware of that and they're aware of not wanting to kind of drop off after such a great season that ended so disappointingly um and so i think they certainly know that um but and are you and i think you're right that they're using it as motivation but it hasn't honestly come up that often Dave Van Horn is not um a dwell on things guy so I think um I think they've they've gotten past it and are now more focused on kind of winning this this tough league he's now one of the if not the most veteran coach in the conference for those who 
may not have interacted with him, don't know a lot about the Razorback skipper. What's his personality and what's kind of his philosophy with this team? Yeah, Damian Horn is a really interesting guy. He, you know, sometimes you see him get real fired up with an umpire or, or whatever from the dugout, but he's a very kind of level-headed guy. Um, he's very, you know, he'll tell you like it is. Um, his players love him. Uh, he's not, you know, a high-energy, you know, kind of guy, but he's also, you know, his players love him, and the fan base loves him. And I think his philosophy is very much, you know, he – I think he just, it sounds very simple, but he just has such a tremendous respect for the game of baseball. And just, he's very, you know, sometimes things go wrong and he's very much just, that's, you know, that's this game. That's how this works. Um, And he does a good job of kind of helping this team right the ship when they need to without necessarily, you know, he's not throwing people under the bus. He's not um, kind of putting fault places. He just is kind of like sometimes, you know, things happen. We're talking with Christina Long. She covers the Arkansas Razorbacks for the USA Today Network via the Times record. She joins us here, helping us preview tonight's opening game of a three-game set between LSU and Arkansas. Could go a long way to determining who's going to win the SEC West. Let's talk about the conference in itself, and let's start with the West. Uh, It's wide open, Christina. It's just absolutely – I mean, Arkansas is leading it right now 8 uh, with an eight and four record, but LSU, Auburn, Alabama, who is kind of a surprising season right now, they're all seven and five. And then the big disappointments have to be Ole Miss and Mississippi State, who are under five hundred in conference play. Is the West, in your opinion, completely wide open? I really feel like it is. I mean, I think because you're seeing these teams like Ole Miss and Mississippi State that were so highly touted preseason, um, I feel like you can't count them out, even though they're under five hundred right now. I know we're about halfway through the season, but I do think there's still, you know, there's still time for them to kind of get it together. There's still time for some of these teams that are in a three-way tie um, to, you know, it's really all it takes is one or two bad series. um, And all of a sudden you can find yourself kind of on the bottom. So I think the West is going to be really, really interesting to see how it shakes out for sure. Give me, is there another team in the SEC East you think can even challenge Tennessee? Because man, they just look just unstoppable right now. Well, I would have said Vanderbilt, and then they got swept. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I mean, Tennessee is like you said, unstoppable. I mean, they had that loss to what Tennessee Tech the other night, but again, that's kind of baseball. It just kind of happens. Um, in the East, I, I mean, Missouri almost Missouri, my alma mater, almost had them, um, but Tennessee kind of rallied back. Um, I think. Have they played Florida yet this season? I don't even remember. Um, if Tennessee has played Florida yet. I'm not for sure. But if they haven't, I mean, maybe Florida, if Florida kind of keeps this, you know, momentum from beating Arkansas, um, I'm not sure. I don't even remember if they've played yet. But if not, I would say maybe Florida, but they're five and seven in conference. But, you know, they're not great, but they could, I could see them maybe taking a game from Tennessee if they haven't played yet. Um, but I mean, yeah, Tennessee looks very, very dangerous. We'll wrap it up with this, Christina, just overall for the Razorbacks, just overall in athletics. Football team seems to be on the rise. It feels like they got the right guy in there and the program's trending upwards. Basketball's coming off a great postseason run in the men's tournament and the baseball team went to the Super Regionals last year and here they are ranked and look like they could be a contender again. 
Uh, what's just the feeling among the fan base about the state of Arkansas athletics overall? Yeah, there's so much energy and so much pride right now because really across the board, so many programs are succeeding. I mean, even you look at some of the non-revenue sports. I mean, softball is doing really well. Um, gymnastics had a good season. Like, everybody is doing well, and fans are excited about pretty much every program. Um, it's a really great time to be covering Arkansas because there's so much of that energy, and I think basketball especially kind of gave them um, – and us against the world kind of attitude, especially because I think basketball really leaned into this kind of underdog mentality being overlooked on a national scale. And I think that's something that Arkansas fans always kind of embrace. And so right now I think everyone is so excited about, even with baseball, a historically good program, um, really excited about kind of getting, it's a cliche, but getting Arkansas on the map or kind of, you know, coming out swinging in pretty much every, every sport. Christina, appreciate your time. Tell the people how they can follow you on social media and where they can go to read all your work covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yeah, I am at Christina Long double zero on Twitter, um, and then you can find all of my stories at uh, fwtimes.com. Um, all of my baseball coverage. I am a one-man band doing um, baseball, football, basketball, and everything. So, Well, keep up the tremendous work. Can't wait to talk to you again, and thank you so much for your time, and happy Easter to you and yours. Thank you so much, you too. That's Christina Long, covers the Arkansas Razorbacks for the USA Today Network, breaking it all down. Look, it's uh, right now, Razorbacks, lots to be happy about. Football team on the rise, basketball team coming off a great stretch, and the baseball team is always good. This should be a hell of a series between the Razorbacks and the Tigers. Once again, you can listen to the first game of the series tonight right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for LSU sports. We got to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll close out today's show. We'll finalize the poll question of the day. We'll get you set up for Kevin Foote and footnotes. It will not be a glorious Thursday morning. No, 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 no. There'll be none of that, just to let you know. Fair warning. Teaser. You're listening to the game. 1037 Laviette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All the Hangout Music Festivals returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan Thee Stallion, Kevin Foote's favorite, Doja Cat, Shaquille O'Neal will be taking the stage. Heck, you may even run into the intern extraordinaire, Becca. She could be there. She'll be graduating. She may want to enjoy herself. Go treat herself for getting that degree. You never do know who you're going to run into at Hangout Music Fest. Look, Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in Gulf Shores. Win VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. While we finalize the poll question of the day, I want to take a moment to thank our guest, Trevor Beggy former STM Cougar and McNeese star wide receiver joining us as he tries to prepare to get his foot in the door into the National Football League. Les East from CrescentCitySports.com talking Pels, talking Saints. And, of course, Christina Long 
from the USA Today Network previewing Arkansas LSU baseball. Ooh, poll question of the day. Let's get to it. We asked you, which team is most likely to sweep their series this Easter weekend, holiday weekend? 68% of you say the Raging Cajuns will more likely sweep ULM, the Fighting Warhawks, than anyone else. 20% voted for LSU over Arkansas, 12% for the Strohs, no votes for the McNeese Cowboys. Thank you for all who voted, all who commented on the poll question of the day. Outstanding stuff. Outstanding show. Hannah Five Names, even though you screamed at me earlier in today's show, we were able to hug it out. I just we got past loud. it. I wasn't yelling at you. You were foot. I was not foot. I figured it out. Oh I figured God. out. This is the second thing now. The second thing. Foot will probably be yelling today after Framer Valdez was walking and hitting batters in the first two innings of work yesterday to get the Astros behind. I'm sure he's not happy about that. And I'm sure he'll do a deep dive on the Strohs he, he loss. Ar- he already was angry about strikes and stuff yesterday when they did win. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so there you go. So, But you have gotten fired up for two things from your internship through being a part-timer to now a full-time employee here working with yours truly Mm -hmm. the first thing that caught me completely by surprise was your hatred for louisiana tech Mm -hmm. today was the second thing today was your second foot moment where you went off about championship rings and men's jewelry and you just went off and i was like holy hell so add it to the list. It's you, we, You've been working with us for a year now. This is only the second thing that has made you channel your inner Kevin Foot. So I'm just adding it to the list of topics to avoid. Louisiana Tech and men's jewelry. Done, done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to say it's your fault. Your one says, hey, we need to develop you as a producer and as a radio on-air talent. So I'm break at your cell and let you is that, is, come is out. Do I talk like a fast-talking newspaper man from the yes. 1930s? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I'm not for sure what that accent is. But bravo. <laughs> bravo. Bravo. Thank yes, you. yes, it is our job to develop. Yeah, yeah. just because you won Radio <laughs> Student Broadcaster of the Year, whoa, whoa. now we're going to take it to another level. Got it. Boom. Coming, world. Five names for the intern extraordinaire, Becca, who made the studio smell nice. The producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. I'm Raymond Pars III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. Close it out on Good Friday for you. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote, the footsie, will be next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.